This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for joining us. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about this Gillette ad that has everyone talking about men, men's behavior, and who has the right to tell men how to behave. There are a lot of men who are reacting pretty negatively to the commercial, saying it overreaches and paints too many men in a bad light. Lots of other people saw the ad and thought, well, that's a nice positive message about men behaving better than uh, many men do. We're going to have a conversation uh, with a media specialist uh, and an author, uh, both of whom have really deep and interesting thoughts about this ad and the role that corporate America plays in conversations about culture and gender and politics. So you'll want to stay tuned for that segment. It'll get started at about half past the hour. But first, John Angler's reign of terror is over. That's how MSU trustee Brian Masalem characterized the removal of John Angler as interim president at the university. And indeed, the board of trustees put Angler, a powerful former governor, out of the president's office yesterday. Masalem has been Angler's most vocal critic over the last year on the board of trustees. He's also been one of the most vocal advocates for Larry Nasser's victims among the trustees. Uh, the question now, of course, is what comes next at MSU? How do you repair the damage that has been done? Joining us now to talk more about that is Brian Masalem, one of the trustees at Michigan State University. Brian, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm curious, when did you feel like you had the support necessary to remove John Engler as interim president? The first time I spoke to... Um uh, a couple of the new trustees and, and you know, the, the, and understood where their positions were. And I knew, I knew it, it was there, you know, sometime probably uh, after the election. And it was more of uh, what does he do next and, you know, what's in the best interest of the university and how do we move forward. And, you know, clearly all the three, of the, the three new survivors, Nancy Schlichting and uh, Kelly Seabay and Brianna Scott, uh, were very empathetic towards our survivors and, and from afar saw how MSU was engulfed in flames. So I knew, I knew there could be a change if he continued to go down this path. So, so when he said what he said about survivors, that some of them were enjoying the spotlight, uh, did you see that as just another in the line of things that he said that uh, were, were problematic? Or was this a different kind of offense? Uh, was this a, a comment in a different kind of category? No, I think it was part of the course, but I, you know, I, I let my feelings know to everybody one more, one more blow up and it's time for him to go. And there was a general agreement. And so once that happened, I knew that there were, there was support to, to make it happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Engler's approach was to handle structural issues with the university first, uh, trying to, to make sure that this wouldn't happen again, trying to put a settlement in place. Uh, and he kind of put some of the cultural changes that I think people are waiting to see at MSU onto the back burner. And that, that kind of reflects the way that he talked about the job, too. Uh, he, he was very positive about the things that he was putting in place and the changes that he was making. Uh, at the same time, he, he would come across as pretty insensitive about the victim's themselves. Uh, 
that seemed true from the beginning. Uh, do you think that is a fair assessment of, of his tenure as interim president? Well, first, I think he put some of the things in motion that have been recommended by some of our experts over the years, um, and, and he moved on them quickly. I also think that uh, he, uh, he failed to realize that MSU is not a balance sheet, that it's more about the people than the money. And that structurally, regardless of what you want to take credit for, uh, it is your tone, it is your actions, it is, it is leadership from the top that's going to shape the image of MSU in people's eyes. And, and if you looked at that resignation letter, I asked about 20 people yesterday how many knew these things were happening on campus. And not one could say they recall these ever mentioned because they were all being drowned out by his incendiary comments towards the survivors. And, you know, that's when I knew it was time to go. That, that he clearly doesn't understand that this is not the legislature. You're not fighting. The other side of the aisle is not the enemies. It is not your administration. You, you represent the heart and soul in Michigan, of Michigan State. And every time you speak, it's like Michigan State speaking. And he failed to realize that. He also failed to realize that he has eight bosses and that he's not the governor anymore. And, you know, he was reminded of that yesterday. Hmm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Brian Masalam. He's one of the trustees at Michigan State University. The Board of Trustees yesterday accepted John Angler's resignation as interim president at MSU. Uh, they also told him, don't wait until next week to leave. Uh, they were happy with him leaving immediately, and they chose a successor to fill that role until they can pick a permanent president, hopefully this summer. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you think MSU should do next. How does the university regain confidence from survivors of Larry Nasser, from alumni, from its current student body, and from future students? Uh, call and give us an idea of what kind of damage you think has been done to the university and its reputation. Uh, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Brian, I wonder what you can tell us about John Engler's interim replacement. Why was uh, uh, Dr. Udpa uh, chosen, and what do you expect uh, him to do? Well, uh, Satish is a wonderful human being. He's very compassionate. He's very empathetic. He understands the tone that needs to be delivered from the top. I've worked with him for six years. He's a wonderful person. I think this this Satish's um, hiring came from within. You know, we asked the faculty, we asked the students, we asked the deans and what they thought, and he had broad-based support across the university. And, you know, one of the most attractive things about Satish is that he has no interest in the permanent role. So he'll do just fine. But I want to get back to John Engler real quick. That There's a part that people really don't know. You know, I've gotten emails from Republicans who think this is all down partisan lines. First of all, you know, Dan Kelly's a Republican, and he was ready to vote against John Engler. Uh, Joe Ferguson is a, is a Democrat, was a staunch supporter of John Engler. Nancy Schlichting was a Republican appointee, was against John Engler. And quite frankly, you know, showing empathy, showing tone, treating even the employees and the faculty with respect and dignity instead of belittling them, like those are all nonpartisan issues. So for those that think this was a political decision, that was it, it was far from that. It, 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 it does not, 
you know, all those issues that, that I brought up are all bipartisan issues. So I just wanted to make that clear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what do you think that the new permanent president will need to bring to the table for the university? That question about uh, repairing the damage that's been done. How do you how do you do that with a new leader? Well, I think, you know, the new leader sets the tone for the organization, right? The new leader is the heart and soul of the university. And so the tone, the, the, the new leader has to show empathy, have compassion, not only for the the faculty and administration with dignity and respect. Uh, the new leader also has to, you know, continue to push on institutional reform and student health and wellness. And, and then from a business point of view, understand all the different business units, understand the, the business entity of Michigan State and the, and the enterprise risk, risk side of it. And, and, you know, standing up a, 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 an independent compliance department to break down silos across the university, to uh, bring in an outside firm to examine the culture and produce an independent report of what we're doing wrong, what needs to be fixed, and really show transparency to the MSU community. So I think yesterday we, we moved in the right direction. Uh, I know that the new trustees are dialoguing with our survivors and um, really working on, you know, reinstating the healing fund, reinstating the trust with them, and then really showing the community that, hey, this board, the, the direction of this university is going to head into, it's going to head in a positive direction. So, you know, for the first time in a while, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fairly optimistic. Hmm. Uh, Brian, I, I want to ask you about uh, George Perlis, who was another member of the board of trustees during this time and also was your coach when you played football at uh, at MSU uh was it ever difficult for you to to manage that relationship which uh which I imagine that you have with with coach Perlis uh in this role as this uh, scandal unfolded as uh, different board members took different positions about what should be done what was that like you know, I love Coach Perlis, and he brought me to Michigan State, and I'm very close to him and very close to his family. And But, you know, towards the end of his tenure, he was very unhealthy. Um, you know, he's got on Parkinson's. Uh, he's got a lot of health issues, so our relationship never deteriorated because I always knew, I knew he was sick, and I knew that he was cognitively, you know, there were times where he was, you know, just not completely understanding the situation, so... It really didn't deteriorate because, uh, you know, his health was a big concern. My, my focus was him getting healthy, looking out for his family. You know, uh, him stepping down and resigning was still a mystery to me today. Hmm. Still, I, I still don't know. I still don't understand. I called. I can't get a hold. I've heard, you know, I've, I hear stuff from other people. But um, his closest friends didn't even know why he was stepping down. And this just came out of nowhere. So... That was a huge surprise to a lot of people, and obviously the timing uh, made a lot of people wonder. But, um, you know, right now I just wish him the best. I wish him health. And, you know, karma's an interesting thing because, every, you know, everybody thought that Rick Snyder and, and Brian Kelly were going to, you know, put another um, strong Republican in there who would stand by John Engler, and instead we got a gift from heaven. You know, Nancy Schlichting has came in there who is... Um, a wonderful human being who is very compassionate, who is very pro-survivor, and um, just interesting, you know? <laughs> it's interesting how karma works. Mm-hmm.
I, but I, I want to thank I want to thank Lieutenant Governor Kelly because I know he was instrumental in this and you know reach across the aisle and you know he understands that the survivors and and you know how we feel about them are, are a bipartisan issue. I also want to ask you about your advocacy during this. Uh, you were, of course, Angler's harshest critic, I think, by 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 far on the board. Uh, but you were also one of the most vocal advocates for these survivors. And I and I wonder if you ever uh, thought that you would find yourself in in that role, in that in that role of advocate for young women in a world of powerful older men, which is, uh, which is sort of a, a good way to describe the board before the last election. Um, can you talk about how that, uh, how that unfolded for you? You know, Stephen, that's a great question. That's a, when I look back on it now, you know, I look at, you know, I'm, you know, you look at my profile, right? Former student athlete, former football player on the team, you know, you would think that I would be the, you know, I don't fit the profile of being an advocate for the survivors. Yet, to me, it was such a basic, common sense, human decency. I'm a father. I'm a daughter. I have a daughter. Uh, but just not even that. It's it's just human decency. So, uh, yeah, on one hand, I say, you know, I, I clearly don't fit that profile. But on the other hand, I look at what I did as just so basic and so obvious and I get so confused when people thank me because it's it's just common sense it's human decency so it, you know the the position that others took uh was mind-boggling to me I mean I I reached out to them and I guess I guess you know I I humanized them I began the dialogue I began to understand them and talk to them and they're humans and they wanted they wanted apologies mm. and it wasn't about the money and there are a lot of issues that they have gone through a lot of struggles that, that a lot of people don't know a lot of dark days and it's um you know and and you're seeing now that the two new ones the three the, excuse me the three new trustees talk to them and, and one of the trustees is, is a former survivor it's very personal to her mm-hmm. so you're, you're seeing you know this these, these relationships and you're and you're just wondering you know um where has this been why has this taken so long so, you know, Kelly TB and I were talking, I mean, she's a former survivor and, and, you know, we're talking about my profile and, you know, we were just saying, you know, it's, it's the irony of, of me leading the charge is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it was, it's unique, you know, it's unique, <laughs> but Hey, it's the right thing to do. I mean, it's basic common sense and nobody has to thank me for it quite, quite honestly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brian Masalam, trustee at Michigan State University. Thanks very much for joining us on Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day and go green. (laughs) We'll talk with you soon. Uh, Up next, we're going to talk about this new Gillette ad that has sparked a conversation about what it means to be a good man. Also, don't forget that if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. You can download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.